You are listening to the All Marvel Podcast. This podcast is for Marvel, sci-fi, and fantasy fans who want a Christian take on current pop culture, movies, books, and music. I'm your host, Han Bojek, and joined by my mother, author Dolly Bojek, my sister Ella, and my other sister, Selen. Today, we are going to be talking about The Matrix Resurrections. Now, I'm going to just go ahead and jump in and share my thought. I did not read any review for this movie, but I did look at it, and all I saw was people saying it failed at the box office, and it mostly got 2.5 star reviews. Well, one star reviews, but it averaged out five star reviews to 2.5 star reviews. Now, personally, I actually liked it. I liked the film. That's what I'm going to say. Um, personally, for me, um, I mentioned this earlier to Ella as well, but um, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would, um, unfortunately. I went to this movie with an open mind and... Um, I don't know, and just my view wasn't that amazing to me. Um, but those are my thoughts for it. What do you think about it, Ella Bojic? Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of expected it to kind of follow along with the other Matrix movies that I had seen, but it's been so long that I don't even remember most of the plot points. But um in this one you know neo has to relearn everything that he learned in the other movies so it felt kind of like we didn't there there was no real progress in the other movies like it, it kind of felt like everything was for nothing <laughs> yeah i see there wasn't much of a i mean obviously there was a goal in the movie but i just felt like they hadn't really, like, they didn't really have much points, I guess, to there's the There's nothing end. new. Yeah, no, there's nothing new. The, just, the action was good, though, it, right? Like, the CGI and action, in my opinion, was really it, good. Like, they didn't really add anything um, new or spectacular to it. It was all just kind of stuff that, we, that were in the previous movies that they just wanted to make a new one just for the sake well, of it well personally i really liked the the um movie within a movie which is kind of like um what was that movie the inception you free know guy. where you have free guy you know you have you have they're talking about the matrix like it's a video game in the mm-hmm. movie matrix and they're talking about a sequel that is uh, to matrix while they're making the sequel to Matrix, it was just I really enjoyed that that twisting of reality that way. And he's a video game maker, and then suddenly we're wondering, wait, is there something I missed? Is this a no? No, Matrix was a movie, and these people who were in the movie are acting as if they watched it as a movie, and that it was. And I really liked that element of it. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. That part was cool. That's good. I loved mm-hmm. the, uh, spoiler warning, I loved the, uh, zombie scene towards the end when, like, <laughs> like, it's like, I, like, obviously I have my boundaries, but, like, I do love, like, to a certain extent, so, like, some scenes that just make me go, like, oh my gosh, and, like, that scene where they, like, turn people, like, into, like, suicidal zombies who are just jumping out of buildings 
just to crash into cars. Like, obviously, I don't support suicide, but those scenes were beautiful. Just watching people just like jumping out of buildings just to hopefully land on cars and like make cars explode. Like, it was beautiful cinematography. I love the cinematography of the film. I'd give the cinematography a 10 10. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, what other kinds of comments do we have about um, things that we liked about the movie? Anything else? I noticed how they sort of changed up, like, Morpheus's, I guess, variant or something. I like how he's, like, a little more, like, laid back and jokey rather than the other Morpheus, which was, like, very serious in all topics. And... A lot of the people that they reference, like, I'm pretty sure it was a reference from an older movie. Even though I've seen all the Matrix, I've sort of forgotten them. So there were, I feel like there were some few things that I just didn't understand. Well, you said something about there being more to the Matrix franchise than just the movies. What was that? Oh, Animatrix. Apparently it's like animation with Matrix that are like a branch off, but still contribute to it, I think. Uh, I haven't seen it though. I just heard it from a friend. And it was there were some Easter eggs in there from that. Yeah, apparently, yes. Okay, critique of the story. Anybody have critique of the story? The storyline itself, or um, mm-hmm. just like, um, I thought Neo was a bit overpowered, like. Especially towards the end, he just has to put his hands up, and he's basically indestructible. I felt, I felt like was that part of him was used a little too much because I mean, he could have added some like other new cool power that he had, but it was just that, and it just felt like it was used too much to me. <laughs> yeah, the shield. <laughs> yeah, I uh, one thing that slightly annoyed me though was like he uh, like obviously he's strong and all but like he still sort of has like that weakness part and then Trinity comes in and she's like triple his power and everything so like at this point what like they can't come out with another movie for the Matrix even though I thought they were coming out with another trilogy like what what uh, what can be stronger than that yeah <laughs> they're already invincible so there's nothing that can uh, go wrong now you know, you know what I thought. Wait, you know what I thought was kind of funny. Um, I don't know if maybe I just misunderstood it, but like towards the at the very end of the movie, where uh, Neo and Trinity go to confront the therapist dude, they're talking about how they're going to like give the people in the Matrix a better life. Like they're gonna redo the Matrix, but like they didn't say they're gonna unplug anybody. Or did they? Like it seemed like they were trying to make the Matrix itself better, but not actually free people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't figure that Is out. That what I they was said? kind of confused. Because or... <laughs> it seemed like like we're gonna make it. Oh, she liked she liked the idea of rainbow skies. So does that mean it, she's just yeah. gonna make the Matrix better uh, and keep I the did... robots in power? <laughs> it just seemed very confusing. <laughs> was... I did really like the character of the Doctor, though. Yeah. I did too. The doctor was also in a series of the unfortunate events. Same actor. Yeah. You guys might recognize him from there, but he, I really like how they portrayed his power in that scene. When it's like, 
he's just like he's moving faster than like time itself so it's like even though neo who's like a very fast moving guy even he's like just slow motion compared to him and i just like that scene of like he puts the apple in front of the bullet and everything and the apple just i don't know like i like the special effects and i think people are underestimating how short, how hard it is to shoot a scene like that because to him he's moving very fast so they make his frame rate look lower. So like when you were looking at him in some scenes, you will realize how he's like jittery. He's not like the smooth image. That's because they lowers his frame rate frame rate. The hard part was having a slow motion scene, which is like 5,000 frames per second. And then also a guy walking in like 15 frames per second. That's an incredibly hard scene to shoot. I think that like that scene alone made me appreciate the movie a lot like i understand i see the amount of work they put into the movie yeah i think when when uh, matrix first came out too they had a bunch of these cinematography like amazing mm-hmm. feats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i also like how they didn't stray from like the original dodging the bullets like even though the original dodging the bullets of like the jittery and like three heads and everything even though that is like it looks a little janky i love how they stuck with that like, they sort of uh, made it look a little more modern with, like, the slow motion and you'll, like, see him dodging the bullet. But, like, they still kept the whole, like, janky effect because, like, they want to sort of stick to the originals. Yeah. Was the, uh, was the cat in the previous movies? I don't think so. Not I love the cat. specifically, but I remember a scene where um, there was this tense moment where they were in a building and the same black cat past oh, and they mentioned yeah. like deja vu, deja vu. yeah that's what I was... that they're in a matrix or something like that but uh, i was hey. thinking the cat because i showed the cat like very often in this this movie i thought that like the cat would there would be something up with the cat like i don't know it was holding some power for the doctor or, or the therapist and it wasn't but it was so cool so what i didn't understand is like Okay, so you have the robots, which are bad, but then the robots that are good. And then you have Mr. Smith, who's bad. And then the timekeeper, or what was he called? The therapist, the therapist guy, who's bad. But the two bad guys are against each other. But who? which of them is the robot? And I thought the robots were in charge of the Matrix in the first place. So who was actually in charge of all this? And who was the therapist? I didn't understand I couldn't figure out like who's run, who's playing the strings, you know. Then, then when Mister Smith, toward the end, spoiler warning, goes and turns everybody into the into the hive. Is that what they called them? The swarm. Uh, when he turned them into the swarm, then it's like, well, then Mister Smith is in charge. But I thought Mister Smith was autonomous. Anyway, I was kind of really confused about several bits of the plots i didn't quite understand that i thought like the robots were the the ones that programmed it but like the um smith and his men are kind of like the enforcers that keep people in check that's how i thought it was but they're also in the matrix selen Oh, I was just going to say, I don't really understand why Mr. Smith was teaming up with, with Neo at the end. Uh, I don't, maybe they explained it, but I didn't understand it. 
must have been something he, at the end of a different one of the last movies. No, it's like he teamed up, but then he was like, this is where our, our alliance ends. And then, like, he shapeshifted into something else. Yeah. He was like, yo, what's going on? That didn't make I sense I think we should have watched the other movies before seeing this. Yeah. I, and, like, I just went through some of the quotes from the other movies. Um, and there's a lot of Easter eggs within the uh, quotes and the scenes in the movie that we just watched. Um, there's a running theme of choice being an illusion mm-hmm. and um, y- like people thinking they have a choice, but there is never a choice. And um, uh, one of them, uh, Morpheus talks about, uh, what's it called? Um, he says, you take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And in this one, there, in several scenes, there was, you know, Alice in Wonderland, there was that tattoo of the rabbit, and mm-hmm. that lady says, you know, you gotta follow me, and her name was Bugs, like, after Bugs Bunny, so there's another rabbit theme, and so, oh, yeah. like, I hadn't noticed those when I watched it, but going through the quotes, you can see how influential, like how much influence it had on this movie. Mm -hmm. Did you notice the tattoo, the carrot tattoo? He was following a carrot. She had a carrot tattoo on her as well. I thought it was a bunny. Yes. On her chest, on her chest, she had a carrot tattoo. That was interesting. Chest one. The choice is an illusion. You appear to know what you have to do. It's so perfect. It's got, uh, you appear to know what you have to do. I wrote that during the movie. The choice is an illusion. You appear to choose, maybe you appear to choose what you have to do. What do you guys think about? It it kind of um, is similar to a quote in The Matrix Reloaded where it says, Choice is an illusion created between those in power and those without. Hmm. Well, what do you guys think about the idea that choice is an illusion? Like they're they're making a bunch of philosophical statements, right? So they're kind of making reference to our world. That choice in our world is an illusion. We actually don't have choices. We do what we we do what we were going to do all along. What do you think about that? Well, that, to I... to like to extend that uh, to extend that just a second, um, Han. To extend that, um, R. C. Sproul said uh, that we never choose. Uh, we always do what we want to do. Um, every choice we make is um, is only cho- things that we want to do um, by our strongest inclination at the time. So, so even though we think, even in the times that we don't think we have a choice, we like you're between a rock and a hard place. You you're kind of forced or compelled to to do something. But even doing that is you're choosing to not have the consequence of not doing it versus uh, doing the thing you don't really want to do. So um, what do you have to say about that? Come on. 
it was it was a very confusing turn for me. I didn't understand half of the movie, so I cannot make a comment on that. <laughs> so then, is is choice an illusion, or do we actually make choices? We, I mean, obviously, we do make choices. Um, I feel like it would take a very more philosophical mind than mine <laughs> to fully understand like the things that um like the things that this movie was saying um because like han said um i was also confused for more than half the movie <laughs> okay ella ella you are the philosophical oh. mind oh, Pontif- pontificate pontificate for us <laughs> um uh, now my mind's just gonna go blank <laughs> um, but I think you're right in that choices, you know, everyone makes the choice. No one's really forced into anything. Any decision that you make is something that you do fully yourself. Like everyone makes a, makes decisions based on how much it will affect them later on. Like, mm-hmm you can't like even if someone forces you into something it is i I don't know how to say this without yeah i I don't know how to um articulate what i'm thinking but like every choice and decision someone makes is done with their own um best interest at heart yeah so when neo uh, when they said to neo you know you have to take the red pill right they're like the choice is already made you're going to take the red pill and actually we knew in the movie we knew watching it of course he's going to take the red pill but then the first time he doesn't right but he Mm -hmm. ends up taking the red pill because that's what the movie is so um for in a movie obviously i mean the the story's over if he doesn't take it but in this mm-hmm. world um you know there's this idea that you know like are you going to have rocky road ice cream or chocolate mints right well i'm going to have probably me i'm going to have rocky road because that's what i always have if somebody puts the choice before me they probably could gamble that I'd choose the Rocky Road ice cream, although I don't eat ice cream these days. But um, there's almost a predictability about people. Like, I'm never going to eat, I don't know, eggplant ice cream. You yeah. put it before me, and I'm not going to ever have that. And and there's, or there might be somebody who loves eggplant ice cream, if there is any. <laughs> so so there's, there's almost a predictability about what people, what choices people are going to, make but it's more of a result of the previous experiences in life you know we kind of are a product of our past and our decisions are kind of channeled a certain direction they lean a certain if you just had mint last night you might want a different kind or not Mm -hmm. yeah any other any other thoughts overall Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, another quote um, is 
they were talking about how to tell the difference between reality and virtual. Do you remember what um, uh, they were they were saying that um, it was hard to tell the difference between uh, their their goal was to make it almost impossible to tell the difference between um, reality and virtual, and that's how they're explaining uh, Neo's. Um, break with reality that he had made a video game where you couldn't tell the difference but how did that fit into the story so let's pass the microphone to you for this one i think um i think ella would have the best (laughs) (laughs) i think ella would have the best answer for this question (laughs) uh wait can you say the question again just real quickly Okay, well, let's go a different direction about it. The the the, um, you know, they they presented Neo as if he had uh, schizophrenia or some sort of a psychotic disorder, right? That he couldn't tell fantasy from or fiction. They kept going fiction, reality, fiction, reality, and and even they said the reason that you had a break with reality is because you tried to create a video game that in which you can't tell the difference between what's real and what's uh, the video game or what's virtual. And so they were trying to explain to him why he was having these memories because his game was so good. Right. Um, so, but for him, he, he's having this like break with what is real, what is not real. Yes. Um, uh, about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I thought was um, cool about how they did that was you know everyone in the Matrix has this thing about what's real and what's not real like they're they have to plug into the Matrix and then when they're out there in the real world and so there's always this weird thing like are we in the Matrix or not and for him to be still questioning that when he's supposed to be in his daily life as a uh, game developer, it's like they it's like they couldn't really erase that part of him. And so they're trying to find a way to explain um, these delusions that are a- the actual real life. And he's having to take the uh, blue pill to keep the real life um, away. Like he's trying to remain within this fabricated life. Um, and he kind of, when he, even after he takes the red pill and he's in the real world, he scoffs when someone, you know, touches him and says, you're real. And so he's like, what is real? And so like, even then, even after he's out of the matrix, he has this thing about what's real and what's not real. I thought that was cool. It mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of, um, even though I didn't finish it, um, it reminded me of like Inception because, you know, they're, I just remember this one specific scene where they just kept like, I guess, teleporting or transporting to different, to different places and, in just the span of minutes and kind of like 
you can't tell what is what is real and what isn't real you know it kind yeah. of reminds a dream me. within a dream kind of a concept mm-hmm. which is what was kind of funny like about the the video video game slash fran- franchise and warner brothers making a fourth movie and everything so there is a lot of gaslighting going around. Do you guys know what gaslighting is? Have you ever heard of it? Well, what's gaslighting? Who's heard about it? Yeah. I have. What is it? What's when gaslighting? You, it's when you uh, manipulate someone into thinking that their experiences aren't real. Or it's like when if you say, I had a, a chocolate earlier today. And I say, no, you didn't. And you're like, no, I, I ate it. And I say... No, you actually really didn't eat it. You thought you did, but like I was there and you didn't eat it. I know you didn't eat it. You're just thinking that you ate it, but you didn't. You're that's crazy. Too much, that's too much information right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a form of manipulation. Definition says gaslighting is a form of man- manipulation that often occurs in abusive relationships. It's a covert type of emotional abuse where the bully or abuser misleads the target creating a false narrative and making them question their judgments and reality so where was the gaslighting in um in this every single therapy session that Neo yeah. had <laughs> yeah the doctor sure sure you know you know what i thought about that though um when after all that like the all of his therapy sessions, um, the therapist keeps telling him, like, um, this is a game, this isn't real, you just imagine this. And then um, when Neo takes the red pill and he sees the therapist through the mirror and he's sticking his arm out into the therapist's office, then the therapist is like, oh no. And, like, even then, when, like, he sees like obviously he's the villain and he knows everything but like he sees it and even then he's still trying to manipulate him into thinking it's just a game Mm -hmm. or that it's not real yeah (laughs) yeah they probably could have used that guy's time powers right there and the movie would have been over Okay, um, so any other quotes that uh, you guys remember from the movie? There was something. Hold on, there was a quote that I found interesting. I'm going to find it. There was actually uh, this one scene that I remember that I believe uh, the therapist said. Um, He was saying, um, quote, the people aren't going anywhere. They're like my world. They don't want this sentimentality. They don't want freedom or empowerment. They want to be controlled. End quote. I found uh, that quote to be interesting um, because he's he's basically saying like the people, like he said, the people don't want freedom. They want to be controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, which reminded me of the masks, mask mandates these days, which some people do want to be controlled and some people don't want to be controlled. And that's like this debate that we're going to. Didn't he call them sheeple? Sheeple, though? Sheeple. Sheep oh, slash like, people. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, sheep, they they always follow this one. They follow the shepherd, but uh, like they don't do anything besides what the shepherd, you know, leads them to do. 
So he's comparing Pete the following a shepherd. Yeah, Ella, what was the quote that you found? Oh, um, I was going to say a quote, a quote that I liked where um, there were two different parts where in one of them, um, I think both of these are the things that the therapist dude said, but in one of them, he says, did you know hope and despair are nearly identical in code? And another one, he's talking about feelings. He says they're so much easier to control than facts. But the whole um, theme, all the themes in all the Matrix movies are that Neo and Trinity together with their hope in a better future and, you know, un unplugging people and getting them to realize what the real world is. The hope that they have in that is what drives them. And the hope that they have when they're together is stronger than the, the code that they write. Yeah, that was kind of cool how they, they like uh, were, were like yin and yang, just creating this like tension. They say, um, they say if you put a piece of toast on the back of a cat and throw it off the, uh, uh, huh. throw it off of a roof, it's going to become a, a constant um, motor turning because a yeah. cat ne never lands on its, back and toast always lands on its on the butter side so if you put them together it's a perpetual motion machine <laughs> so it's kind of like they yeah. were this perpetual motion perpetual machine creating this energy because of their desire for each other never actually getting to touch each other or something yeah it's kind of funny yeah ella the thing about hope and despair is very interesting the, the identical in code do you agree Hope and despair feel the same? Um, I think they're opposites of the same. Uh, or I think they're just on the opposite spectrum of each other. It's like a, a seesaw. Mm -hmm. um, despair is an emotion you feel when you lose all hope. And hope is a feeling that you get when there's... Uh, a solution to your despair so i think they're just opposites mm -hmm. um han has been really quiet let's ask han um do you think there's any lies about reality in this uh, that they're trying to make us think are real which reality um so the movie is basically propaganda this movie is propaganda about reality kind of reflects Eastern view, uh, the, like a Buddhist kind of view on on reality is fake. What we think we, what we think is real is not real. So, do you think that there's lies in that that was in the movie that's that we have to kind of fight our fight against? Well, uh, like I said earlier, like I really only liked the action in the movie because I really understood nothing else. <laughs> so I. I really can't provide that much information because, like, I think, like, it's a nice concept. It's sort of like Inception, but I really can't think much past that. Uh -huh. Okay, so Han liked the cinematography. I liked the the story within a story. Ella, what did you like about it? Um, I liked the... I don't know if it's a love and hate thing I have for it, but the the constant throwback to the other movies and on one hand it 
didn't really bring anything new to the table but i feel like people who have seen the other movies and see all these easter eggs um would really like it and um the themes that it brings back um i think people would like that like nostalgia <laughs> yeah nostalgia yeah yep and what about you selen um i um i also pretty much um didn't really understand half the movie so i would say the cgi was the cgi and cinematography was also my favorite mm-hmm. i like that that scene in um when morpheus and neo went to that when they were fighting in that like that space you know mm-hmm. on that Which, lake mm-hmm. uh, yeah i like that that part a lot and ending people I thought it was kind of funny how by the end it makes you think that the Matrix is better than the real life. Because mm. you see them flying off into the sunset and it looks beautiful and then you remember they're plugged in and they're in this dark city underground. They don't even have the real sky. It's just, it ends with a feeling of hope but then you realize like they're having fun and they're happy and everyone else is plugged in. Okay, I have a question for Han. Han, you want to go into VR, AR kind of thing. Do you think that, based on what Ella just said, do you think this movie is trying to persuade us to stay in the metaverse once it comes out, to stay in the metaverse nonstop? I don't think it is. This world sucks. Get in the get online and and uh, plug in. Because what they are. Div- what they are developing is a little different. AR is going to be more popular than VR because AR is going to be, you can still be in this world, but you can start modifying this world. So like you can live in a one plus two apartment in New York and you can now put on your glasses and have a window instead of a window looking inside another window. Like ready player one. You're going to have a window looking inside of like, you can have Mount Everest as your view. Just by putting on glasses. Well, just as a as a, a spoiler, my book that is done without glasses in in the Pogland series that's on its way. Uh, you don't have to wear glasses, so maybe one day we'll have a way to have all these augmented realities without um, without glasses and virtual realities without glasses. So that's what I have in my book in the upcoming uh, Pogland series coming. Well, any last words? Thank you guys so much for listening. Like, for real, from the bottom of my heart, since you clicked on this video, I am so happy. Please don't forget to follow, and you can send us some money if you want. Okay. <laughs> Selen? Um, I, reckon, I recommend the movie for anyone who loves to be philosophical and loves... Um, loves just like reality questions i suppose Bella? yeah um i think um people that like the original matrix um i think they'll have some mixed feelings about this one uh but in general i enjoyed it um i liked the throwback and i liked the um going back to where it all began kind of a um 
relearning everything from the beginning. I I enjoyed that, so I think other people would too. One more thing, I also liked how they kept the same wire work. So like, instead of trying to make the movie more realistic, I like how they kept like the exaggerated like when someone gets punched, it's like they fly back to find physics and then like get tumbled into a wall and everything. Like I like how they still kept the same wire work that defies physics. But still sticks to the Matrix trilogy. Okay. Well, um, this episode of They All Marveled is sponsored by Luke 4, 31 to 32. And he, Jesus, was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were, uh, and they marveled at his teaching for his word possessed authority. All right, friends, thank you for listening to the All Marveled podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode, including links to everything we talked about at christianuniverse.org. Take a look. We also have a quiz to test your ability to survive an apocalypse on christianuniverse.org. That's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having us on this podcast, Mrs. Darlene. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.